Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to episode 140 for March 1st, 2012. My guests today are Scott Patton and Peter Armstrong for leanpub.com, where they want to be the website for publishing what they call in-progress books. We'll be talking about lean publishing and how that's different than self-publishing and about how leanpub.com works. And then in part two of the podcast, we'll talk more about how they're applying the concepts of the lean startup methodology to their service and their business. To disclose a conflict of interest, I've published two blog compilations via their service, a best of 2011 book, which you can find at leanpub.com slash lean blog, and a best of 2012 book that's being published incrementally throughout the year at leanpub.com slash leanblog2012. To learn more and to find links, go to leanblog.org slash 140. And as always, I want to thank you for listening. Well, I'm very happy again to have our guests, Scott Patton and Peter Armstrong from Lean Pub. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us. So if we just start in terms of introductions, um, let the listeners know what your backgrounds were before starting LeanPub. Uh, Scott, can you uh, kick things off? Sure. So um, I'm actually a physicist by training. I'm not a programmer. Um, I don't have any conventional programmer training at all. Um, and I was a physicist for 10 years at a company that eventually got bought by Kodak. And... After a while, I decided I wanted to start my own company, do my own thing, and I looked at around and I said, well, I can either get a million dollars of funding and start up a physics lab, or I can buy a laptop. So <laughs> I bought a laptop and got into programming, and I've been doing it full-time for five years now. And Peter? Um, yeah, okay, so before LeanPub, my background was uh, as a software developer for a number of Silicon Valley companies. Um, I both working down there and then remotely from Canada and started Rootloss, which is a company that um, created LeanPub uh, about four years ago, four years ago now. And LeanPub itself is about two years old. So, yeah, so I'm a software developer. I've been doing it for about 10 years. I have a traditional CS background. Sure. Great. Um, so before, you know, we, we can spend some time talking about some of the particulars of LeanPub and, you know, I've... Um, experienced LeanPub as uh, as a publisher on the customer side, and you know, I've worked with you guys on that. But before we get into that, can you talk about just the general idea of lean publishing? Because I, I think listeners, um, I think it'd be good to kind of cover the details about how this is different than just um, what we might call self publishing or e publishing on a platform like Kindle. What what makes it lean in publishing? Sure. Okay, so I'll, I'll have a shot at this. Um, so lean publishing in in five words is self-publishing, in-progress, e-books. And so the idea of, okay, like, people have self-published books before, you know, people like in the publishing industry, to self-publish a print book, you know, people derisively call that a vanity press. Mm-hmm. Um, self-publishing sort of has a bad rap. Uh, you, it's seen as sort of a second-class citizen. Now, um, lean publishing is a bit different. Uh, in the program, in the technical book world, the, some of the better computer book publishers have realized that by the time a print book exists on the shelf, it's obsolete, usually, about computer mm-hmm. because computer programming changes so fast. Right. So the idea of publishing a book before it's done is something that publishers such as O'Reilly, Pragmatic Programmers, Manning have been doing for technical books. But there's been nothing like that in the self-publishing space. So if you're a self-published author, you haven't been able 
to self-publish your book while you've been writing it. And as we got into that, that, that was how what LeanPub started with. As we got into it, we realized there's actually an interest, a really interesting dynamic when you start self-publishing an in-progress book, that you, an in-progress ebook that you're writing yourself, and you can start applying lots of the lean approaches from lean startup theory to the way you go about writing your book and publishing it. And so, oh, go ahead. I'm just wondering if we want to say in practice how that works, because uh, yeah, I'm assuming he's blowing up, but yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, let, let's talk about that. I mean, when you say an in-progress book, is, is there an equivalent to borrowing the lean startup term, a minimum viable book? Yes, yes, there is. Um, for us, we, 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 when we talk, we actually talk about the minimum viable book. And what the minimum viable book for us is, if it's a technical book, it's something that would save an advanced reader one or two hours. Because um, if you write a programming book and you save someone who's a good programmer a couple hours, mm -hmm. like an experienced programmer, then you've saved a novice probably 10 or 20 hours. Mm -hmm. And since a programming book is sells like would sell for like ten twenty dollars, that's like the best deal ever. And so um, that can be as little as like fifty pages. Like if you write say fifty pages about say a, a brand new like a brand new thing that's just being released, like say Ember JS or something or Node, you can that's worth it. Like it's and the good thing about for us, um, what we believe is that as soon as you have the minimum viable book which is, again, something that should save someone one or two hours if they're good, then you should put it out there and iterate in public, right? And to make sure that you're building the correct thing. Because okay. what often happens when you're writing a book is if you write in, in private, in stealth mode, mm -hmm. then you can end up writing a book that nobody cares about or you can end up writing a bad book or a confusing book or, you know, there's all kinds of ways you can go wrong. But if you use lean approaches and iterate in public, then you can build... You know, build buzz. You can get meaningful feedback as you write, and you know the book that gets produced is a lot better. Yeah, I mean, I love that comparison. You use the term stealth mode for those listening who aren't involved in entrepreneurship. You know, kind of the traditional classic approach to startups would be, you know, pretty much to to take a big batch of funding, uh, you know, work in secret because you don't want anyone to know what you're working on because they might go and copy it. And then you go to market and you hope you have customers. And, you know, I know from my experience, I mean, that is pretty much how traditional publishing would work. I mean, you, know, you typically don't let anyone see the book shy of a few reviewers um, before it actually goes to press. So I think, you know, that certainly a clear parallel um, to Lean Startup World and, and what you're doing with Lean Pub. So when, when, you, when you talk about the process here, I mean, you're not just making little small improvements. Um, is it fair to say you may publish that minimum segment and then keep adding chapters? Yeah, yeah. Oh, like we believe like the book should, like a technical book, say, for example, you should publish it when you've got like say two or three chapters written. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, even if you're going to write 20, 25 chapters. The parallel, the, the lean startup minimum viable product, it, the, the thing that people always say is you should be a little embarrassed when you launch it, right? It should, if you're not embarrassed, you launch too late. Same with your book. It should be, man, this is really short. Are people really going to buy this? Are they going to get mad at me? That like that's what you should sort of be thinking yeah. when you hit that publish button for the first time. Yeah, and and the interesting thing about this is like with the, you think about the parallels between a book and a startup, like there's there's a number of them, right? Like in both cases, you have a low probability of success, right? Mm -hmm. And they're they're highly creative processes, and you know historically people have been people have used stealth mode because that seemed to be the best way to go about things, right? But and. Also, historically, you've had startups being funded by VCs and authors being funded by publishers. Right. And VCs and publishers are both hit-driven businesses. And so, like, the publisher wants you to write a mass-market thing, which may or may not be, like, true to what your vision for the book is. 
And just as a VC, for for example, for them, there are, you know, if you're a VC firm, one or two companies will pay, you know, will hopefully return the fund for you, and the rest will fail or just be kind of eh, whatever. Um, you know, so the dynamic of the fact of where the money comes from and how it has influenced how these things are built, right? Right. Now, in lean startups, you know, like have like the lean startup theory, like Eric Reese's lean startup approach and Steve Blank's customer development approach have been like, okay, guys, there's a better way of doing things. You should, you know, talk to customers, get out of the building, you know, talk to people and build something that, that people actually want and interact with them as you're building it. You know, stealth mode is for idiots, right? <laughs> like, you know, actually iterate in public. And, and we, we, we feel the same way. Like, look, you're writing a book here, right? You're not writing, chances are it's not a PhD thesis, which is probably the only justified use of stealth mode in writing these days. Mm-hmm. It's because if someone else publishes their PhD thesis about you know something similar first, you're dead, right? Yeah. But with the exception of that, stealth mode is totally not justified. Um, you know, it, all it does is hurt you. And yeah. for example, like if you think about well, what, what, what benefit would iterating in public have? Well, when you think about what happens to a traditional publisher, you have a development editor who what, reads your draft as you're writing it, so that you, so the publisher is trying to simulate it in public by providing someone to act as your customer. Mm-hmm. Now, the development editor, if let's say it's a technical book, they don't care. They're not going to. They don't care about learning the material. They care about is this a good book? Mm-hmm. And so they're not actually looking at your book, trying to learn the material from mm-hmm. it. They're looking at the book, thinking is this written well and in a in a, in a clear way, and pr- projecting themselves into the head of say what's it's like to a beginning reader, what's it's like to an intermediate reader, etc. And good ones can do this very well. But let's say you're writing in public, and iterating in public, self-publishing, lean publishing. You can actually have beginning, intermediate, advanced readers reading your book because you're writing it, right? Yep. And if something's confusing, guess what? They'll tell you, right? It's you know you don't have to have a proxy for real for real feedback. You can just get real feedback. <laughs> and it's and not only that, instead of them costing money, they're giving you money. Yeah, so yeah. You're, you're being so paid. To write they totally bought in, like literally. Bought and since into they your bought book. into that, <laughs> since they bought in, they have a vested interest in the success of the book, right? Yeah. If I pay money for something and it confuses me. Then hopefully I get upset and tell the author, "Hey, I tried to run this code and I understand what does yeah. this mean." Or I, or I'm, re- I'm reading this business book and you're talking about minimum viable product and I'm, what does that mean? I don't understand. So, like that type of feedback is good, right? You know, and, and also like if you these people also build buzz, like they have Twitter accounts typically, and the, mm-hmm. as you're writing in public, if you're doing a good job, they'll be tweeting about it, right? You'll you'll be releasing early, releasing often. They'll be reading new versions, right? Which uh, they get for free. And and the buzz will be growing. You'll be building a community and a tribe, sort of as Seth Godin likes to call, around your book. Right. Yeah, I mean that seems like a huge, uh, huge benefit to help build buzz before the whole thing is out. So you know you're building. Um, you know, let's say if you're the type of writer that you know, I think you know, in my own work, you know, I, I write um, you know fairly niche books for people that are trying to do healthcare improvement, and you know my own personal business model is not about the royalties from the books, but it's about, you know, being out and go out and, and coach and consult with people. So publishing early gets you, it seems, you know, out in front of those people earlier than later and, and would have all sorts of other side benefits to, you know, to, to, to people that are writing a book um, kind of in that type of, in that type of mode. Um, one, one other question, and maybe Wayne ties back into some of the details about Lean Pub. You know, if somebody's going in and, you know, buying early, um, a, a copy of the minimum viable book, 
And are, you, are is that reader typically buying full price and then making a bet that the author is actually going to finish the thing and, right. to, well, and get full value out of it? Um, you know, do, do people consider it, uh, you know, a pain to have to go and, and download the same book multiple times? Uh, you know, if you can kind of mm -hmm. talk through sure, things yeah. like that. Uh, Pricing is really interesting. Like, um, so it used to be, we used to get asked by a lot of people, well, what should I charge for my book? And should I charge, like, say, a little bit now when it's in progress and then, you know, raise the price later when I'm near being done? And Mark's doing and a really interesting play. experiment on his yeah. book, too. Like, but, like, the stuff you're doing on LeanPub is, we'll talk about that. Yeah, sure. Sure. yeah we'll um, come back to that. Yeah. But the notion of it, so what we support now in LeanPub is every book actually has a variable price. And so every book on LeanPub has a minimum price, which can be zero. You can have your book minimum of free, or you can have a book price of a minimum of 99 cents and or higher, um, and a suggested price. And so books have a minimum and a suggested price. When you're starting out, if you're sort of slightly embarrassed about your books, just set a low minimum price, just say $2, $5, whatever. Um, as the book gets better, then you can raise the minimum price if you want. And then the suggested price on LeanPub is what you suggest people should pay. When they get to the purchase page, it's just a slider, right? So the so reader can just drag that slider down to the minimum, if, or else as high as they want, up to $100. And people actually pay more than the suggested price. Like we've had customers paying like substantially more than the suggested price. Um, you know, and so it's one of those things like you don't have to, you can start off your book with like, when your book is really early, start with a low minimum price. Because what you're trying to do is get feedback, trying to get, you know, start, get the early adopters for your, for your ideas, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, the, the simplest way to do that is start with like a nice accessible minimum price. Like your, but you should say your book is worth something. So we think that free isn't the right minimum price. Mm -hmm. We think that the right minimum price should be like two bucks, five bucks. And then, you know, set a minimum price, which is, which represents what your, I think your goal for the book is. So if you think like, you know what, for your suggested price, you're planning on this book being worth $10, $20, suggest that. And then the people who believe, yeah, you know what, I think this will be worth that to me. will probably pay around that. And people who feel like, oh, you know what, right now I'm, you know, I, I'm not convinced this is worth, you know, I'll drag this down to the minimum. That's fine. Um, and some people will drag the price upward. And the interesting thing, too, around pricing and stuff is that since on the purchase page, we show a slider for the price and also for the royalty, mm -hmm. people people adjust the royalty rate that the author's getting. And so when you're yeah. dragging, say, the suggested price downward, you you literally <laughs> see the author's royalty shrinking. So it's like you're taking money yeah. out of the author's pocket and you feel like a bad guy. Or else if you drag the money upward, you see the royalty for the author going way up. Or else you can even just grab the author's royalty slider and drag that up. Yeah. And yeah. so we've seen people like, you know, if a book is cost $10, right? So the author makes $8.50. We've seen people drag the, like the author royalty up to $10 and then they, they buy a book for $11.67. And we're like, why is that? And it's yeah. like, well, because then the author royalty is $10, right? So we can see that. So we, we see that behavior. We thought, mm. like, we played around with the concept of making, like, a, a smiley face that went to a frown or something. <laughs> we, we sort of were subtle about it. We, we, changed, not... we changed the shade of the bar. Yeah. Like, it gets really green as it gets far out and it goes kind of gray as it gets smaller. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm sure that boy, there, you need a psychologist on your team then to start. <laughs> I actually have a double major in psychology oh. along with computer science. Oh. So I, I, I play, I, I like to play that, but yeah, uh, yeah we so, thought that was a little much. Yeah. Um, and there was another question about the frequency of updates. Yeah, well, so, let, 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 let's come back to that in a second. So I want to talk yeah. about the pricing just for a second. So, you know, your, your, your leanpub.com website um, both from the publisher side and the reader side, it seems like you're you're iterating very often. And we'll we'll come back to that. I don't remember seeing the slider. I think I know. I remember the. Wait, did it used to be you could just you, you punched you in the number? You just type it in. Yeah, okay. yeah. you changed it to the slider about right. like a 
few weeks ago. Yeah, so I haven't yeah. seen the slider, and I'm looking at... Go, uh, go, go to your book. Go, go buy your book. Go buy your book. Yeah. Well, go I'm, look, I'm, actually, I'm, I'm looking at Jamie Flinchbaugh, um, who actually... Okay. So what I'm doing with Lean Pub is, is not, I think, as interesting. I, I'm basically just throwing content out there that I had published before on my blog. Now, Jamie Flinchbaugh actually published um, brand new material, a book on A3 problem solving, and so, oh, right. yeah, let's do so well. I'm here on the page. And in fact, Jamie tweeted this. This is nothing uh, private here. He tweeted that of the first buyers, uh, he was surprised how many paid more than the minimum price it's, yeah. you know, to see uh, to see that behavior. And, you know, you alluded to what I'm doing with you know publishing my, my blog over time. You know, I'm basically publishing a it sounds silly, uh, a best of 2012 book. And right now that book is just one chapter long. It's January. Right. And, uh, you know, the price is 99 or I think it's at 99 cents. Yeah. And then as the year goes on, I'm going to increase the price. So part of my experiment is to see, you know, is there incentive for people to buy in early because then they'll get all of that content throughout the year as it updates. So maybe, maybe that brings it back. Um, Scott and Peter wanted you to talk about this idea of iterating the book. How often do authors republish? Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a balance there. I mean, if you are putting out, say say you wrote a blog post every day and you stuck it in your book every day and then you sent an email out mm. to your readers every day, that would be too much. There would well, be fatigue there for sure. So we've realized that though. We build it so that you, when you publish, you don't have to email your readers. Yeah. Like when you publish, there's a checkbox, email my readers to mention that or not. Yeah. And so if you check the checkbox and you can type in some releases saying, hey guys, I've added some stuff. And so yeah, we, we think you should be able to publish five times a day, once a day, whatever. But don't email your readers every day. That, yeah. that would get you know noisy, and, they'd, yeah. and then they'd end up going to LeanPub and turning off emails um, <laughs> yeah. for your book. Well, because it's, yeah. it's, it's on a per book basis, right? Yeah. So, but we like recommend once, a, once, once a, a month, month is once no problem. Right. Yeah, every couple yeah. of weeks. Because yeah. what I've done is gone back. If I've noticed a typo, I'll go back. I'll fix it. I'll republish, but without sending that notification out. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's a nice way to do it. It's a nice balance. So let, let's let's talk a little bit more about, you know, you, you kind of alluded to it already, the lean startup methodology, you know, as, as applied to publishing, um, publishing in a, a more iterative way, you know, kind of helping test out, you know, is there a market for my book? Is it providing value to people? You know, that question of not, you know, can I write a book, but should I write a book? Kind of borrowing, you know, an, an Eric Reesism mm-hmm. there. Kind of um, thinking of the book as a startup. Can you can you share a little bit about how LeanPub.com itself, how you're running or looking at that as a lean startup yeah. of its own? Oh no, no, oh, oh, okay. actually, the, um, sure, but more. Let's give you an example first of how that's worked for one of our authors. Yeah, okay. So that we're actually really happy with this. So we there's a couple of things besides like being able to publish in progress. We also, when you create a book before you've published it, you still have a page like a landing page which shows like the book name and like and you can fill in and about the book section etc and we have a little thing that's like are you interested in this book sign up to get mm-hmm. notified when this book first publishes yeah and so this is really interesting because it lets you do like the Eric Reese approach of like put up a landing page to see if mm-hmm. people care right mm-hmm. and so we've, we can we, we think this is fantastic for us so we've had one of our most successful authors Reginald Braithwaite or Ragenwald as the tech internet knows him um, he's got like you know the number five book on LeanPub right now. He's got a couple other books on LeanPub as well. But one of the things we're actually most happy about is he put up another book that was sort of based on one of his books, but like turned into a different language. And and he put up the landing page for it as an experiment, and it wasn't getting the, the amount of traction he thought it would, so he killed it. Mm. And it's like 
we just saved him a lot of time. <laughs> and it's yeah. fantastic. So that's yeah. like, if you can fail cheaply, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, without my, hardly any effort at all, then you've got all this extra time to go and be more productive mm-hmm. and do me- more meaningful things, right? Um, things that, you know, you think that have more traction. And so this idea of being able to put up just a landing page for a book and see does anybody care. If you Now, if you have no Twitter followers and no blog subscribers, mm-hmm. if you put up a landing page for a book, no one's going to care, right. right? And so there's two there's two lessons there. One is get some Twitter followers and a blog. Um, and the other one is, well, you, you know, if, if you write a fantastic, absolutely amazing book, you can, you know, get it to spread it through word of mouth. And so this landing page idea won't necessarily be conclusive mm-hmm. but it'll but for someone who's already got a built-in audience like if you have a popular blog or if you have a substantial number of twitter followers you should be able to see some the needle move a little bit if you have something that's interesting yeah i mean that that's a really cool concept i mean yeah, when you talk about the idea of throwing an idea out there and then killing it when it didn't get traction that you know comes back to a core lean startup idea when you talk about saving him time and eric reese talking about you know um the worst thing you can do is have developers waste their time on software that nobody wants to buy, and, and yeah. so why why not do the same thing uh, yeah, with yourself? Books, and, most uh, books that are written, most books that are written should not be written, right? <laughs> like most books are a waste for like and, and a waste of the author's time, a waste of the publisher's time, a waste of the publisher's money, you know, opportunity cost for the author, right? Yeah. So, but, but we believe there's that 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 aspect. We also believe there's all kinds of books that should be written and should be published that aren't. Yeah. Because. The author couldn't convince a publisher to publish it. The author was too shy and scared, and they kept this, you know, gem on their their laptop for six years. You know, which is equally terrible, right? And so we think the books that should get written should get written, and books that shouldn't get written, well, hopefully the authors find that out as quickly as possible. Yeah, and then but, they go write the book they should write. Go write the book they should write. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, let, let me ask you one more question before we talk about some of the um, the lean startup ish approach to. Lean Pub. Um, one other question people might have. So, you know, if, if you're going through this iterative approach and you're, you're testing the market and seeing what the feedback is, um, do you have any authors who have or do you anticipate that you might go through this approach and then take the book to a publisher? So, you know, lean startups oh, yeah. often start very small and then you actually have paying customers and then you're, you're in such a better position to actually go to a venture capitalist. Um, thinking of publisher as, as, as VC, have you found, you know, where authors you know, have better can make a better case that, hey, look, people will buy this book. You should publish it. Yeah. So I think the best example of this is actually Peter. And this is part of the reason why we built Pub is the way that Peter wrote. I'm going to speak for him for a bit. All right, go for it. So the the way that Peter wrote his first book, Flexible Rails, was the genesis of Pub. He wrote it uh, iteratively. He started with something small that he was embarrassed to publish. And he put it out there. And he sold it on Lulu, and he gave updates to his to his readers, and it was all a, quite a kludgy little hack, hacky process where mm-hmm. he had to, you know, upload the book to a Google secret URL, URL, secret URL on his web page, and tell people about it, and like there, there was nothing automated here. And then the end of that, after he had sold, how many copies did you sell? I made about like almost twenty thousand dollars of royalties while it was in progress. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then. The publishers started coming and asking him, "Hey, do you want to publish? Do you want to publish?" Do and my answer publish? was, "No, was uh, I'm making eighty percent royalty on my ebook. What will you give me?" <laughs> sure. And they're like, ten uh, percent." I'm like, yeah. uh, "No." Yeah. yeah. Right. So it, let, it gave. So the concept <laughs> of negotiating is BATNA, right? Like your best alternative to a negotiated agreement. Yeah. So fifty years ago, if you want to be a published author, <laughs> you have one choice, which is give the publisher most of your money. Right. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's the publishing industry sort of functions like a cartel that way. Right. They all basically offer the same same thing, which is 10 to 15 percent royalties. Um, 
you know, and eBooks come out. Well, those are books. Why should we change our behavior, right? Right. Um, now, strictly speaking, and Amazon has stated this very clearly. Everybody but the writer and the reader is optional, mm-hmm. right? And so, LeanPub exists so that all there has to be in the world is a writer sitting at a computer or an iPad writing something, and then they click one button, and the book is published and for sale. PDF, EPUB, Mobi can read, be read anywhere, you know, by anyone. Yeah. And that, and our job is to make everything in between just magic. And so, and and we want to be one way of doing it. We think we're really good for in progress books. I mean, mm-hmm. there are other ways that work really well for finished books, or you know, but the point is, everyone's optional. LeanPub's optional. You know, publishers are optional. If you want to do a deal with a publisher, you can do it. But if you're already on LeanPub and you have traction, yeah, then you should be able to negotiate a lot better. I mean, for example, on my on my first book, I negotiated an eighty percent royalty on the ebook, mm-hmm. right? And that that turned out to make a lot of my mortgage payments, right? <laughs> you know, if yeah. I had taken the ten percent, ten percent royalty, mm. it would be a very different thing, right? Yeah. Um, and so, if you say, like, look, I mean, you know, the thing was, so an example, so obviously, Eric Reese has like the number two selling Lean Pub book. He also made a New York Times bestselling book, the traditional publisher. Um, a non-lean pub example I really love is 37 Signals because these guys are geniuses at self-promoting, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and so they built up a, a blog with an enormous following, right? It's the Signal versus Noise, and so then their idea is, hey, let's basically make a book out of all our blog wisdom and self-publish it, right? And so yeah. they did. It's called Getting Real, and they made over half a million dollars selling a PDF, right? Yep. Told no DRM. Just a PDF, yep. nineteen dollars. It's like when I did flexible rails. Guess what? I priced my book at. Well, actually, I priced it twenty dollars because yeah. I, I didn't want to be copying them exactly. But <laughs> you, know, you know, so the point is, they they took they wrote this blog, um, you know, and then basically condensed the best parts and made an ebook mm-hmm. out of it called Getting Real for nineteen dollars. Made over half a million dollars doing that. And then you know what the greatest thing about them is, and why I love them so much, they did it again. Mm-hmm. They just took they just took their same essentially the same stuff and repackaged it again and made a traditional book out of it called Rework, which was the New York Times bestselling book. Um, you know, and then they I bet they got a really good deal on their book contract, right? Because <laughs> yeah. you know, if you're the publisher, you're looking at these guys like, okay, when we publish a PDF out of this stuff, we made over half a million dollars. Surely you could do better, Mister Publisher, mm. right? Like you know, <laughs> they, they wouldn't have to convince anyone of like, yeah. You know, do, is there a market here? Do you have? Is there a following? Is there an audience for this material? Yada yada yada. Right. Yeah. And so, think about LeanPub in that respect as lead. Like, you know, if if things go the way we want, then I'm sure LeanPub will end up being lead generation for publishers. Like right now, you know, right. I mean, I can look at the bestsellers page on LeanPub and think, yeah, I'm, I'm positive publishers should be approaching these people. But the thing is, they'll have to offer a really good deal. Yeah. To mm. get to because well, if you're the author, why would you? I, and you can sell your book for fifteen yeah. twenty dollars. Why would you? Well, take, it, yeah, I mean, it's 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 totally changing the dynamic. Um, I, I, warning here, MBA word, uh, disintermediation is yeah, taking exactly. place in the industry here. Um, you know, because I'm I'm currently working on my second book through a traditional publisher. Uh, in the interest of transparency, um, I'm getting a 15% royalty, which I'm actually I'm splitting with my uh, my excellent co-author. And so, you know, if you look at if they sell this book for uh, $60 retail through Amazon, I believe Amazon takes about half. Yep, and yep. then of the remainder, the publisher takes twice as much as the authors. Yeah. So and, you'll get, you'll get like four, <laughs> you'll get like four bucks. Yeah. And on you a, know, on a $60 book. Yeah. I mean, if you look, you know, if you look back in the day, you know, the publisher 
owned, okay, warning Marxist language here, the, uh, the publisher owned the means of production. They owned the printing press. Yep. And as a public, as an author, if you wanted your book published, you had to go to the person with the publish with the printing press. So that that balance of the royalties kind of reflects that. Well, in this day and age, the publisher doesn't even own the printing press; they outsource that to a, mm-hmm. a to a place that prints it. And yet, the royalty still remains about um, you know fifteen percent is about the best you ever get. So, uh, you know, Amazon Kindle yeah. will pay seventy percent if you keep. Your price is over two ninety nine, yeah, yeah two ninety nine to nine ninety nine within certain bounds, and and Lean Pub offers more than that. It's uh, your your standard royalty is ninety percent minus fifty cents, which works out to on a ten dollar book it's eighty five percent, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, on a twenty dollar book it's it, it goes it basically like at a five dollar book we're a seventy percent royalty, yeah, which is the same as like Amazon. And as we as the price goes higher, our royalty gets better and better and better. And yeah. what so what we the detail the nice thing about this is our royalties are so good we stick a big huge table of them on our homepage, mm-hmm. so you can just look and go wow yeah. So yeah, I mean representative ones like for example a ten dollar book on LeanPub you make eighty five percent royalty. Yeah. Let's think about that. Way. And yeah, you know, I, I make that comparison not to be a whiny author who's complaining about my publisher, but just say, well, isn't that interesting? <laughs> well, the thing is, why is, why is your royalty on an ebook different than the print book, right? Yeah. Like that's the, because the, the thing is when LeanPub started, we thought, okay, you know what? We're not competing. We're not competing with anyone really except Amazon and Apple in terms of like being a store for ebooks, right? So we, we thought, okay, they're the best places to sell finished books. Right, Amazon and Apple, like Amazon's Kindle store and the Apple iBook store, that's the place you need to have your finished book, right? Mm-hmm. And you should also sell it yourself on your blog or sell it somewhere else. And so we thought, okay, we're going to price ourselves at 70% royalty is what, how LeanPub launched, right? Thinking, okay, well, we're going to be the best way in the world to sell an in-progress book. Mm-hmm. An in progress ebook, they don't do that very well. We do. Yeah. So let's be the Amazon or the Apple of in-progress ebooks. But the thing is, is that Really, if you're going to take 30%, you need to have some sort of stranglehold on some part of the market. And so Amazon and Apple, they've spent all this money making these wonderful tablets, so they've earned their 30%, yeah. right? But nobody else can claim to have earned that. Yeah. And so we're like, no, you know what? We need to be like, we need to be, and, and we, we started LeanPub because we were authors. We're both technical book authors, right? And we're, and we believe, you know, we're on the side of the technical book author, right? You wrote the thing. It's your work. It's your product. So we should be, pay basically like a royalty that represents that. Yeah. And so for us, the idea of 90% minus 50 cents is that because, and the, the, the interesting thing is when, at one point we thought, you know what, we should have two royalty rates and one for like expensive books and one for cheaper books and yada, yada, yada. But we really, but that was a weird thing. We, we tried splitting it where like over 299 it's this and under 299 it's that. But then it was like, okay, if I sold the book for $2.98, I'd make more money than if I sold it for two ninety nine or something. It was really funny. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know what? We are we want our interests to be fully aligned with authors. And we you want know what authors our, to succeed. Our authors told us. Like a, a number yeah. of our authors said thirty percent is too high. Yeah. You're not mm-hmm. Amazon. Yeah, yeah, you're not Amazon. And that was part of our customer development. Yeah. So let me let me let me just let me just uh, jump in here. Um let, I'm I'm gonna call a timeout here. Let's do we're gonna do a, a second let me do a part two episode with you guys so to the listeners um we're going to do a separate episode Let, let's we'll we'll explore more fully the lean startup approach that um scott and peter from leanpub.com um have taken so um that that'll be published in the near future um scott and peter thanks for um 
starting such a lively discussion. I'm looking forward to uh, picking that up with you in part two. Thanks very much, Mark. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.